Dude, I'm glad we're finally doing this. We had technical difficulties last time, so. I'm excited. And and now I can say I'm, I'm an edge homeowner now. now hey, congratulations. Just, thank you. Congratulations. You, uh, okay, that table. That'll, like I said, we're just still piecing everything together. Yeah. But it's, it's nice to see <laughs> So you moved in. How's moving been? We haven't moved in yet. You haven't. So we're we're gonna be running out the house that I live in now. Okay. Um, and we, get, we got movers coming in on Monday. We haven't even packed. Could move. Yeah. Getting movers. I know. Like I that's like, uh, when we moved. We moved about three years ago into a Tessa. Uh huh. Um. And like halfway through, I was so pissed. I was just like grumpy. Like I didn't ask <laughs> any of my friends or anything to help me. Right. I was yeah. like, I'm just gonna get. We lived in a townhome. Okay. So like this is gonna be easy. Nice. I got halfway through and I looked up and movers were like $2,000 and I'm like, never again. Yeah. Never again. Yeah. Like I told my wife, I said, Hey, what amount makes it worth it for us to hire movers next time? Mm-hmm. And she said two grand right around wherever. So I was like, okay. Nice. Was, so, but yeah, I think that's one of the toughest parts about moving is just like, it's stressful. It, it's tough. Yeah. And like trying to line it up and that's why I advocate have a real estate agent. I said that's why I advocate have a real estate agent. They can help you. <laughs> they help you get everything lined up. One hundred percent. Yeah. So I've I, I partner okay. up with Seven Brothers Moving. Okay. Um. And if if a, if somebody lists and buys with me, I cover those moving costs. Oh, shut. Because you understand how annoying that process yeah. is. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's one of the the things I, I pride myself on trying to add that value, right? So, yeah, those movers are great. They, my they, buyers love that. Well, yeah, and it allows you just to be a little bit more flexible because you're not having to plan out two, three, four days in advance before and after of just living out of boxes, right? Yeah. Well, that sucks. And I think that that's something that probably came from experience, right, mm-hmm. for you? Like, yeah. just realizing that that was – sorry, back us up a little bit. You're how old? 37. 37. 37. Kids? Three girls. Three girls. All under 12. That's a that's a loud house, I'm sure. And you find yeah. hair everywhere, I bet. Oh, yeah. Just all over We're the place. We're having to constantly clean out those, yeah. those, uh, those drains and – Stuff like that. So it's fun. And you guys live now in Eagle Mountain? We, yeah, we've been in Eagle Mountain for the last 12 years. Okay. Right. I, I was at BYU in 2010, and that was at the bottom of the market or close to the bottom. We bought a condo at that time while we were still poor students. Made sense to pay $600 in a mortgage instead of $750 um, for rent in an old 70s apartment. Yeah. So then you guys are in, in Provo, buy a place. How long did you guys live there? Uh, five years, five. and then bought again. Bought again, um, and we've lived in this house for about seven years now. And so we went from a condo to a single family home, and and now we're we're, we're I guess yeah, an upgrade, bigger lot, bigger house, and so we're we're excited, man. It's been a long time. Did coming. you guys on this one? Did you guys go through the full build process, design studio, everything like that? Yep. How was that? That was great. It was fun. Good. Um, you know, it's just, be, so I mean. It wasn't until recently when we finally came into money, right? Yeah. Um, I've been in real real estate. This is, I'm starting on my fourth year in real estate. Okay, so you're from where originally? Hawaii. Okay. Moved here? Moved here in 2007 to go to, to BYU. To go to BYU? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, uh, you know, 2010 was when we bought our house. I graduated in 2011. What do you think it was that had you buy a house that early? Right? Like, I grew up in the industry. Mm-hmm. My dad's an agent, has been an agent for my entire life. Yeah. So as soon as I... As soon as I possibly could, I bought a house. I yep. think I was like 22 or 23. Yeah. But that was what I what I was supposed to do because that's like how mm-hmm. I was raised to think. Yeah. Right? What made you buy that early? It was a finance professor. Really? It was like, buy a house now. It's mm-hmm. a great time. And so, you know, we went through the, the pre-approval process. We were pre-approved for 105. 
<laughs> Which now doesn't get you anything. No, it doesn't promo. get you anything. Maybe maybe it gets you, you know, a trailer someplace. But mm-hmm. we we bought a condo in Eagle Mountain. I, that wasn't our ideal location. We wanted to buy in Provo since I was still in school for a couple more years. I, I had a job working for New Skin in the call center. Um, and I thought that was my career choice at that point, right? Working the uh, climbing my way up that corporate ladder. Putting um, in the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Uh, we, we bought that place in Eagle Mountain. How long of a drive was, was that every morning? From Eagle Mountain to Provo, it was like 45 minutes. Yeah, that sucked. And and we don't have the roads now. Now. You know, right? Especially going out to Eagle Mountain. Yeah, it was Main Street, Lehigh yeah. Main Street. And that sucked ass. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it still sucks to drive. Yeah. But it's until they build those bridges over, if they ever do that. That'd be nice. Worth it, though? Uh what do you mean, the college? Yeah, buying the condo and oh. and moving, right? Because you could have paid rent. You could have stayed yeah. on or close to, like, wherever Novell was, right. right? I mean, there was plenty of housing, especially if your budget was 600 bucks a month. Right. You could have found a lot that was there, right? Worth driving that 45 minutes. Yeah, just to get the equity in our home, you know? Just yeah, so you paid what for it? Uh, for the condo, it was, it was 100000 It was a foreclosure. Um, in 2010? In 2010. It was only three years old. Right? Eagle Mountain was just... On the come up. Right? Well, and Eagle growing. Mountain's an interesting one because Eagle Mountain gets all the runoff pricing from like Lehigh and Saratoga Springs. Yeah. Right. So it, it will notoriously stay, not notoriously, it will always stay, I think. Just under. Just, yeah, yeah. So like Lehigh is going to be this, Saratoga is going to be this, yep. and then Eagle Mountain will be this based on, and then their pricing adjusts accordingly. Yeah. So as Lehigh got bigger, then that means Saratoga got more expensive, right. and then Eagle Mountain has in turn gone absolutely crazy, right? Yep. So you guys paid 100000 for it for something new, and have kind of, and you guys lived in that how long? Uh, for five years, um, and then uh, a realtor helped us sell and buy, um, and now I'm, now I'm part of part of his office, right? Uh, Exit Realty Success, and uh, we're in our current house right now. Uh, we've been there for seven years, uh, and and then we'll be moving into our new place. So you, uh, when did you get into real estate officially? Then um, I got my license in t- the like the very tail end of December of 2018, right? And so what prompted that? What were you doing at the time professionally? I was a stay-at-home dad. Okay. Yeah, I was a stay-at-home dad for four years. Um, and, you know, 2018 was kind of an interesting year for, for my family. Um, it got to our, you know, let's kind of rewind back. I was a stay-at-home dad for four years. Um, and, you know, after kind of going through college and doing all the things that you're, you're kind of taught to do, go on a mission, get married in the temple, um, you know, get a college degree. You know, you're doing all these things that you think you're supposed to be doing. You were checking a lot of boxes. I was checking a lot of boxes. Yeah. And that you had been <laughs> raised to, to yeah. have. And I don't think those are bad things. No. You know, they're, they're great things. I, I, I valued those, those experiences. You're not worse for doing them, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, uh, there was one time in, in 2014 I was working for Orange Soda. So I graduated this at this period of time. I was working for Orange Soda, which your is degree a, was in what? Sorry, a business marketing. marketing. Yeah. yeah, at BYU. So I went to the Marriott, the Marriott School of Business. You know, I, I was pretty proud of you, myself. You did everything like, that you were supposed to. Yeah, yeah. And I was one of the very few Polynesians to actually go through that process, go, get into the school, and then graduate. Right. Um, at that time, there was no Samoa flag in the. I forgot. I forgot what they call that building because I hated that building, but it's the business school building. Um, but now there is. Which is interesting because BYU's always had a heavy influence from Polynesian yeah. culture. Yeah, exactly. But, but not, not in, in the, the business, business school. school. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was maybe two, I mean, less than a handful of Polynesians going through. So I was very proud of myself, 
you know, taking myself through that process and then graduating. Right? What were your parents like? Uh, like, do you think that they they raised you differently, or do you think that you just uh, approach things differently? They were very. I think they could at a very young age tell that yeah, this guy's not going to go to the NFL. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> he doesn't have the juice. He's not. <laughs> you know, he's, yeah, he's probably not going to go to the NFL. Education. But you have good parents because there's a lot education. of people that should tell their kids that yeah. earlier on, right? <laughs> right. And my dad found his success in education, right? He he got his master's degree, and that was like, that was what he was known for. Oh, education. He got his master's degree, and and all the Samoans back in Samoa, they put him on that pedestal. Look, he's got a master's degree. Now you guys should go get a master's degree. And so that was what I was kind of indoctrinated in like hey yeah you should pursue school just like i was raised with my dad being yeah. a real estate agent like that's always <laughs> what you have to think about right yeah and so um you know yeah so i, I was kind of going through the whole process of this is what you should be doing buy a house you're, you're in your early 20s this is great um but i just could never find happiness or fulfillment or i always felt like we were still behind even though we were checking these boxes ahead of where i thought most people my age would be especially people of my my ethnicity um but um, Why though? Because you were, you were doing the things. At least how I was raised. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't go to college like I was supposed to. I mm -hmm. didn't like. There was a whole bunch of things I didn't do because I was supposed to. You went and did those things, and you were comparing yourself and feeling behind. What What do you think you were feeling behind it? That's like because that's a very interesting yeah. statement, right? Well, I think, it and I a, I agree with you, yeah, right? Yeah. And I like there's yeah. a certain like level of peace and comfort that I have found in real estate and being able to do mm -hmm. it how I want to, right? Right? Like the, I did a lot of things I was supposed to, and there wasn't the 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 the, the passion, like passion yeah. like way stronger of a word than I mean to use, but yeah, it, w what was it? I would it? say that's it. I just wasn't finding fulfillment. Um, you, you know, you, you, so you add that you're doing all the right things, but we were in severe debt, right? Student we, loans. Yeah. Oh no, not even student loans. Just the we real estate. YOLOing at the time, <laughs> right? Like, well, we bought our, we bought our house. Like, yeah, we're, we're awesome. And then we started filling it up with stuff we didn't need. Yep. Like we couldn't, that we really didn't have the funds to to um, afford. Was it a keeping up with the Joneses mentality, or was it, it like you got was. a taste? Of, like I went to a gas station last night, and I was like one of those times where I was like, mm -hmm. I'm an adult and I can buy whatever candy I want, <laughs> and I I bought way too much candy, yeah. right? Like, is it is it keeping up with the Joneses? Or like, hey, I'm a big kid now, I can buy my own TV. I, I want to say it was probably like, hey, I've I'm I'm beyond where a, a typical Polynesian man is going to be. I want to be where the white man. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> the mentality I had at the at the time. Trying to like show though that like yeah, you like, were, you had arrived and that yeah, you had made it yeah. yeah and no matter what we were doing we I guess at the time even though I wasn't on Instagram at the time but you know it was everything was for the gram I was kind of fronting or exaggerating whatever success I may have attained at the time college degree you know elders quorum president stuff like that you know yeah um, I'm just things that the I'm culture flexing, yeah so but there was no real fulfillment in in, in what I was doing at the time but. Uh, it all changed when my wife and I went to the temple one time and I received a strong prompting that you need to quit work and do something else. My wife and your wife is going to take over. Right. And so we, we kind of just dove into that. What was she doing at the time? She was a stay at home mom. Did she Another have, thing I did was she have, of. yeah, did she, that, uh, that's a, that's a conversation that my wife and I have been yeah. having recently. Cause she, she started working full time about a year, year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And it's been interesting. Some of the comments from the culture. Yeah. Right. But um, was there something specific that she had grand intentions of doing or was it just like she she had a background? She knew she could go and find work. The plan was I was going to quit my job um, working for this Internet marketing firm. Um, I was one of the top producers there. 
but I was only making sixty thousand. But in my mind, that's that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah, you know, sixty yeah, thousand dollars straight out of college. Um, but yeah, the the plan was we're gonna switch. You're gonna go back to work. She she worked for a dealership. Uh, dealer Track is the name of the company. They're a software dealership management company. She was gonna go back to work, um, and I would for two years. She she gave me two years. Two years, you're gonna have to create something, start a business, and then we'll switch back. You know, the business will take over. And then we'll be good. Well, we're on year four at this point, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" I I feel like I'm feeling my wife. Um, I'm not happy. We're in even worse debt than we were before. Um, all this, you know, everything was coming to a head. So in 2018, or the, the end of 2017, we did a YOLO trip to New Zealand. We had no business taking that trip, but we were like, "My wife is from New Zealand," so we went okay. back to go visit her family. We stayed there for three three weeks. And just spending money that we did not have. You know, I had a pretty big credit card um, allotment. And we spent it all. At the same time, we were also renovating our house with money we did not have. So we were just digging ourselves in a hole. And it came to a head. Thinking that you were doing everything that you're supposed to be doing, right? Keeping up with the Joneses, essentially. And uh, it came to a head. and And for the first time, I realized with my wife, divorce was on the table. Like, we're just not happy. We're, we're, we're faking, you know, this happiness that you know, we're taking these trips, renovating our house. I am this glorified stay-at-home dad, which, you know, on, on social media, it, it was a great thing. I think I needed it. But yeah. I, I just was not happy. And so, um, you know, divorce was now on the table. And I realized, shit, I got to get my shit together, man. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And I'm at the same time, I'm kind of having this conversation with God. I was like, you told me to do this. What's happening? <laughs> I, you know, I had started two businesses in that time frame, but they had both failed. And so, I'm, you know, I'm, I feel like I was failing my wife. You know, four years on our two-year contract. Like, you, yeah, we're supposed to, she's supposed to be at, back at home now. Anyway, um, you know, we went to marriage counseling. And marriage counseling was what ultimately saved everything. And it kicked me back in the butt and said, hey, you got to do something. And so that's where real estate came in. And at the same time I was doing real estate, I had joined Delta as on the ramp just to get flight benefits. Yeah. Right? So um, you guys could keep going on the trips, right? Yeah. So yeah. we can, yeah, maybe we get it for free, but you know, that's another problem in and of itself. But, uh, so when I started real estate in 20, you know, beginning of 2019, um, yeah, I was, I was a stay at home dad, but I just re-entered the workforce and started real estate because Chip and Joanna Gaines. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a stay at home dad. Mm-hmm. You're in debt. Mm-hmm. $150,000 in okay. credit card debt. Okay. <laughs> You're 150 grand deep to Amex. <laughs> you got three girls that are how old at this point? So at this point, you know, they're nine, six, and three. They think their dad's a superhero. Yeah. No, but, they, but they knew all my faults. <laughs> Divorce is on the table. Divorce was for the first time considered. And and you're watching HGTV Chip and Joanna Gaines. Good old, yep. Chip and Joanna Gaines, and you know we we always loved HGTV, but um, and it wasn't even real estate that kind of prompted it. It was the fact that Chip was always with his wife. I'm like, you know, I like my wife enough that I want to always spend time with her. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't the f- the the flips. It wasn't the design. It was the lifestyle. It was their lifestyle. It was yeah. the fact. Oh, Chip always brings his kids. Yeah, right? and and that's what I wanted. Like that was what I was chasing. Like that's what I want. It wasn't real estate, but 
I, I saw real estate as a vehicle to get me what they have. I didn't want to be on a show. Right? I just wanted... Um, you weren't even trying to do fixer-uppers. No. You weren't trying to do flips. You weren't trying to do construction. No. It, 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 was, it was just the fact that Chip is always with his wife, Joanna. And so I, I wanted that. I wanted to always be with my, my wife and kids. That was the whole mission. Uh, but at the same time, provide for them, right? Because yeah, at the time, yeah. you were probably spending a lot of time with your wife and kids. Yeah. Being a stay-at-home dad and... Yeah. Or my wife was always off at work or something like that. Um, but I also wanted to be with my wife and kids and not be stressed all the time. Had you ever thought about real estate at that point? Because you bought really early. I've not heard of stories like this of people buying early on that weren't like planning on being within real estate, right? Like yeah. that was like the, the majority of people that buy when they're still in college, I would say, or uh, not the majority. The people that we've interviewed that bought that early was because mm -hmm. they had grand intentions of going into real estate. Yeah. You know, you didn't. There was never a part of you that was like, hey, let's have this conversation. No, it wasn't until I, I kind of just put things together with Chip and Joanna and seeing what they had. And I, that's what I wanted. So you're like, okay, I'm going to go be a real estate agent. Yeah. I figured, yeah, real estate agents, they're pretty flexible. They're, they're, they, it look, they, what they do looks pretty chill. It doesn't <laughs> look like they work really hard, you know? Yeah. Uh, they're probably just showing homes. That's, that looks easy enough. So what was your first step to getting licensed then? Um, a friend of mine, he had his license and he was doing pretty good. And so I, I figured he can do it. I could do it. Right. And so, uh, you know, I just went through the whole process of, uh, going through the, the 120 hour course, but at the very same time, cause I was a stay at home dad still, yeah. um, you know, I would just play it and then I'd take a nap. And then when it was time for me to take the quiz, I'd wake up, get all the answers wrong. But they tell you which ones are correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd retake it, uh -huh. play the Pass video it. again, take a nap. <laughs> right. And so, um, uh, during that whole time, I was interviewing 30 different brokerages. Like, I I went to almost every single one of them, I, th I think, at least. Um, you know, I met with Century 21, met with Morris there. I met with Spring. Um, I met with, you know, that Olsen guy in, in Provo. Just a bunch of all these different guys that, that I thought were the head honchos. Yeah. Um, and, and that was, you know, I, I liked what they had, but it was just, it, it just never vibed with me, per se, right? It, Everybody was, almost every time that they would put me in front of somebody, it would be an attractive woman. Um, and it just seemed very corporate. And I just was, I had already come back from a corporate. Your then. influence was Chip and Joanna Gaines. She, yeah, yeah. That's, that, yeah. that's kind of, that's the vibe you're looking yeah. for. Work from home type thingy, right? But um, have kids around. Have, like, because yeah. it's a very different, I understand the culture that you're talking about. And, like, mm -hmm. I am incredibly grateful because growing up in the industry, I think why I've been able to, jump in and see success early on is because when I started, it wasn't my first year really in the industry. Okay. Right? Like I, I started, yeah. I, I have been walking around brokerages and, and right. spending time around top producers when I was 10 years old, when right. I was 11 years old, when you have the Woodleys, right. That are still yeah. icons in the industry. Yeah. Eric does a ton of commercial. John slings a ton of residential. Like those were people that I looked up to as like big brothers. Right. right? Like right. I was. And so like that, I, I love that that was like some of your intention. Cause that was, that's who my dad was. That's who yeah. the people that we were hanging out with okay. were, right? That's who Edge Holmes is, yeah. I would still say, yeah. to a significant degree. Oh, I'd, I'd agree with that, yeah. And so, it, you know, I, I had probably walked through 30 different brokerages at this time. They were all great. And I almost went with uh, with Century 21 just because. George. George. He George. Was, he's, a, like we talked previously, he's electrifying. He's fantastic. And I loved his mindset. And, and But I walked into this dinky office and with Exit Realty Success in West Jordan right off of 90th, right next to the McDonald's. So that was like, ooh, right, right by McDonald's. I like that. Um, 
And so I walked in, and it just wasn't as sexy as the other offices that I walked through. Um, but what there, what was in the office were kids. Agents had brought their kids in, and I was like, I already feel at home. And so um, I had I'd visited with them several times after that, but each time I just my vibrations were were high with them. So uh, that's that's I ended up with Exit Realty Success, and have been for the last three and a half years. So you jump in with Chip and Joanna Gaines as <laughs> your Model. influence yeah yeah as like your this is what real estate is going to be like what was that first year like actual you know they never tell you how hard you got to work to <laughs> to to be successful um and so you know i'm diving in and i didn't get my first deal until eight months eight months what year was this sorry 2018 you 20, said 2019 2019 yeah and so this is right before covid and everything happened and and one th- one of the things that exit realty or my broker, Kevin Kilpatrick, he's big on door knocking. And, and that was another thing that kind of attracted me uh, to them was the fact that uh, let's do what a vast majority of agents don't do, probably because it's not effective. Door knocking is not the most effective. It's way. tough. Yeah. But it, it just puts you on a different mental plane, um, just door knocking. I think what it does is it gets you off the X. Yeah. Right? Because I'm guessing that Kenny yeah. would have never had an issue if you said, hey, this is my friend that wants to buy a house. Yeah. He's never going to say, well, did you knock on his door first, right? right. Like, they're, 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 that's never going to be required, but I think what it does, there's too many agents when they first get started, and this is why we have such a high attrition rate. Right. But they want the silver bullet, and the silver bullet is 100. just start moving. You yeah. have to move in a direction. Like, right. there's not a wrong direction to move when you first start, except for not moving. Yeah. Like, that's... The, 100%. And I think door knocking, I think cold calling, I think some of those tactics, especially in your first year or two, and there's, there's agents that have built their businesses all sorts of ways. Right. I'm not trying to discount anybody that runs their current... Every everyday business on that but it's a great way to get you started it's a great way to get you off the x it's a Mm -hmm. great way to like get introduced to what the industry is and it will only be better from there right i kind of call it like the you know the refiner's fire it's exactly what it is yeah you know you i have that mental battle with me every single time i'm I'm hitting the doors like i don't i don't want to do this this sucks it's it's too hot someone's gonna yell at me but anyway you know you just kind of have to fight those demons and i was fighting demons like Sometimes I'd sit in the my car for 30 minutes fighting myself on the verge of tears or oftentimes even just straight up crying, right? Like, I don't want to do this, um, but you were $150,000 in debt. You had, you had everything <laughs> to lose, right? Yeah, like, this had to work. Yeah. And so, I, and my wife, you know, my, my fortunately, my wife, she was promoted enough where she, she was making um, a good amount of money uh, to support our family, but I just wanted more, like, yeah. It's not enough to pay off this hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, and that's okay. I wanted more. Yeah, yeah. I want. I want to be able to fly, not non-rev or or standby. I want to fly someplace with my wife, and I want to be able to take yeah. my girls. Yeah. and I want to be able to <laughs> to not go and like not think. Oh, I'm gonna have to pay for this one later. Right? Exactly, because I don't know if you, you probably never experienced the non-rev life where you go to the airport. You're not even sure where you're going, but you're just looking at the flight loads. Okay, this plane looks empty. Let's go there. So, you know, most of the time you're flying to various cities to get to this city just to fly for free. And that was hard and grueling on our marriage. That's but it was something that was probably important to you guys, yeah. right? Like traveling. You wanted was, travel. Yeah. You wanted experiences. You wanted those memories. So you were bootlegging it like however you could, <laughs> but you're like, there has to be a better way to do this. Yeah. And, and it wasn't, f- when we finally got there, my wife and I were already fighting just because it's stressful when you're trying to take kids. And I, I was done with that. So fortunately, uh, but... By the end of 2019, I was able to quit Delta because after my first eight months of nothing, they started all these 
you know, the door knocking, all my follow-up on social media, that just started rolling Did in. Did you generate deals door knocking? I want to say I, I, maybe less than 10% of my deals were, were from door knocking. But what I did was I leveraged social media saying, hey, I'm in this neighborhood. This is what I'm doing. And what I think that did for a lot of people that followed me, they're like, this guy knows how to work. right?" And so it was just a consistent effort of me hitting the doors, even though I, I don't think directly I was getting leads. But well, I love what you said, too, because I, and I want to touch on this just briefly, but but implementing content into what you're doing mm-hmm. is fa- it took me about five or six years to get to get to the point where I'm doing stuff like this, which is like we talked about earlier in the pre-show like that was. I'm still doing the same stuff. Right. I'm just doing content with it now. Yeah. So you you call it leveraging, and I think that's a great word because there's so many agents that aren't quite sure where to start when mm-hmm. it comes to content. Show what you're doing. You right. didn't change anything. You didn't your activities didn't change so that you could implement content into your business. Exactly. You did the same. Just do, you yep. still went and knocked doors. You just told people you were doing it. Yeah. It just multiplies your efforts, right? And so, it's a great way to get out there and just show people. And and, and one thing that Kevin preaches is. You have to do something real estate every day. Have that, those conversations. You just got to do it every single day. And so, um, you know, we, there's a few new agents in our office, and that's all I'm trying to tell them to do. Just just do something. Real have estate. those conversations. Yeah, have those conversations. Do a CMA of a random person. Drop it off, right? Just do that. You'll be all right. Just, just got to keep putting in the work every day. So after that eight months of kind of killing yourself, chasing demons, fighting demons, mm-hmm. what started to change, would you say? Um, the, f- the first deal came, um, from, from, from family. Okay. First deal came from my, my wife's brother. And, um, and then after that, it just, you know, like that was my first deal and then deals start, started just slowly coming in, but they came in a little bit more consistently over time. Um, and you know, each, each year has been a, a growth. I want to say the first year, um, I, I only closed five deals in that last four months. Um, That's a lot. Yeah. Right? Oh, if you, okay. No, I, in your first year, I mean, the average agent doesn't do more than about 12 deals a year. Okay. Like your average decent real estate agent will do 12 transa- transactions. So if you were to take, the first eight months were bad, right? You said yeah. that yourself. But if you are if you could do realistically four or five deals every four months, you're mm-hmm. better than a lot of agents are at that point. Okay. Because I, I, I hear the numbers you, of the guys you have, like, they're throwing out numbers, right? We we have a lot of different people on here. Yeah. That, like, we have, <laughs> like, oh. yeah, you have you have people like Michael Perry, who he himself will do 40 to 60 million. Prob- I don't know, Michael. Jeez. I'm sorry. If I just said your number wrong, I'm sorry. But sorry, then his Mike. team, yeah, his, his team, I think they did, a, they had 109 contracts last yeah, month. Jeez, yeah, that, that Perry group, I, I'm, I'm about to cl- close two deals with, with two different agents in the Perry group. And so... Yeah, they, they seem like they know what they're doing. So what was, would you say it was better or worse in that first year than you thought going into it? I want to say it's worse. I, I didn't expect to go through such a grind, like a, a mental battle. You only saw Chip and Joanna on TV. You didn't yeah. see them. I didn't see what the kind you of You didn't see everything getting yeah. up to it, right? Right. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's just the day in and day Why out. Why did you stay in? The money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the money was... You got a taste after those yeah, five like, deals, oh, okay. and you're like, okay, wait, yeah. <laughs> I, I like this. I had finally, you know, I I, I finally made um, I finally made the transition, uh, or I, I finally made what I was making four years pri- previously, you know, 60,000, like, oh, 60,000, five deals, that's all right. Yeah. You know, that's not, not bad, and so the, the second year came, and COVID happened, so the first six months, I was like, holy hell. What Nothing the? mattered anymore. Yeah, Everything like, that you learned in that first year. <laughs> yeah. Gone. I couldn't. I couldn't knock matter. doors. Yeah. Right. At least for the. Uh, at some point, I got pretty brave because I was tired of of nothing happening. Yeah. And then, um, you know, th- 
the that very next year, I was able to 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 get three times the amount of business I, I closed in, in the first year, right? And then each year it just kept doubling and doubling and doubling. And so, so um, where do most of your transactions come from now? Um, my my sphere of influence, my right. SOI. Um, I also I'm also a Zillow Premier agent. The Perry Group is my biggest competitor okay. in Eagle Mountain and and, and Saratoga Springs. And uh, so you could, that, I mean, that's reinvesting back into your business. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm a Zillow Premier agent. Different online Facebook social media ads, and I still door knock. Right. It's, it's, Truly. Uh, it's it's just door knocking gets me on a on a different like I said different plane, where. I, this is something I know I can do, and it'll elevate my game. It increases my skill set just to get out there and talk to people. I know that I can do something hard because, you know, like some people, they shower, they do cold showers or cold plunges in the morning. Door knocking is that for me. Okay. It just raises my vibrations and attracts the business. Gets you focused. Want. Yeah. Yeah. So you're doing it to attract the business that you want, but you're not expecting to find them by knocking on the next door. No. I And I'm, you know, I'll door knock, and there's a specific system that my, my coaches teach me. That I should be following, I don't. I don't follow up on those door knockings. It's just just to get out there. Just like, it's like going to the gym. Yeah. Almost, you know, you just do it mindlessly. You're just talking to people, and if they follow, I kind of almost wait for them to follow up with me. That's not a great way to do business. No, but, but I I understand what you're saying though. Like if th- there's different levels of people that you're following up yeah. with, right? Yeah. And it's one of those like if they call you, great, but you're not expecting them to. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and the only way that you can do that, I think, is by what you said earlier. Your main source is your sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. Really quick, so we're going to use the last couple of minutes here. We wanted to bring in one of my homies, somebody that is in the office with us, a fellow Edge agent who is absolutely crushing it. How many houses have you sold this year, Keegan? I don't know. Keegan, you know, stop. How many? <laughs> I, I really, I don't. You know, I don't keep track of it. Ballpark in the fifties. I don't know. So Keegan, he just sold one to me yesterday. That's true. Yeah, congratulations you closed, yeah. on the closing. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um. We wanted to bring Keegan in because Keegan and, and Harris have a working relationship. They they do a bunch of business together. And so we want we wanted the feedback from Keegan as we kind of get into this a little bit. We've gone through, we've talked a little bit about Polynesian culture. We've talked a little bit about um, you did everything right. You did everything that you were supposed to. Like as a as a young boy growing up mm-hmm. with the culture that you had, that you you did everything that you were supposed to, and there wasn't the enjoyment there, right? Um now we're fast forwarding. You've been licensed for a year or two and you're really hitting down and you're really working with a lot of your sphere of influence. And that's where a lot of your transactions are coming from currently. Mm-hmm. What is, what does it look like right now to work with you? What is, what does it feel like? We talked a little bit about you providing moving. If people, yeah. if, if people buy and sell with you, and I'm sure that that's just a, an example, but like now that your business is defined, I'm guessing it doesn't look like what Chip and Joanna's does, no. but what, like, what does mm-hmm. your business look like? What does your clientele, like what, what does it look like to be a part and, and to work with you on a transaction? So my my business Bible is the book Go Giver. I don't know if you've ever read that book. I haven't. It's, I love that book. Have you read it? My oh, favorite. It, yeah. it, it's top. No, it's not number one for me, too. I 100% yeah. agree. And it's all about service, right? Putting someone else's interest before yours. And and as long as you, if, if you're doing that, you'll be taken care of. And I, I've, I've been implementing that, and I've been reading the book at least twice every year. And every time I do that, my business doubles, right? And so um, part of it is just about service and adding value, um, even more than, than you're going to get compensated. And so, uh, you know, wh- when I'm listing and buying um, or I'm helping clients buy or, or list, I'm just trying to add additional value than what they would normally get, more than what the average agent does. Um, and some of that includes I'm going to pay for your moving, right? I'm going to pay. I partner up with Seven Brothers Moving. Um, 
I'm going to cover up to a certain amount, $2,000, and which is usually the cost of a, of yeah. a move um, to for them to just... If it's more than 2000 you probably got some stuff you got to get rid of. Yeah. Like that. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I do social media ads on top of that. You know, I feel like the last the last couple of years, it kind of made agents lazy. Yeah. Right? Like, you just list the house, you're going to sell it. It doesn't matter what your skill set is. But well, now, that's the conversation we've been having at Edge is like, we're going to see very, very quickly... Right who who can sell who right. can actually like because any any agent looked really good for the last two oh, years yeah. every agent was bragging about yeah. i just sold i broke all community records i'm like congratulations <laughs> like that was <laughs> you to me it and looks like you listed at ninety thousand dollars low and you didn't know where it was gonna and come I'm, in and i'm what i was i'm gonna say because i'm a brand new agent this is all i've experienced yeah is, is this hot market i was probably one of them like oh i'm the shit you're in an interesting spot and i've had the conversation <laughs> with you too because you're going into year three I will be in year three, yeah. So like twenty twenty three, yeah, will be your your third year, yeah. and you're honestly getting to kind of experience like your third different real estate market. Mm -hmm. I think a hundred percent. Like yeah, it is, yeah. it, it has completely changed, and I think the people that are very dialed in and clear on what their business looks like yep. are the ones that are going to be okay going through twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four as we figure out what's what in real estate. Yeah. So I mean, aside from those social media, I'll knock doors in your neighborhood trying to sell your house, right? And so. I go around door knocking or I'll have members of my team do it as well just to multiply our efforts. And so, well, let, let me, cause this is why we wanted to have the third seat in there. It's easy. Mm -hmm. It, I think it's tough actually to have to brag about yourself and say, yeah. well, this is why I think oh, I can really brag about myself. <laughs> 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 but I wanted to bring in Keegan who I, I think it's a really interesting role that you and I get to play right. on the opposite side from a buyer's agent, right? Where I think, and I think you view it similarly to me, this is your client. Mm -hmm. Like this is, yeah. this is who you as a salesperson, ultimately it's your job to make sure above all else, this relationship is solid. Well, and to, oh, sorry. Let me cut no, I was just going to say like, tell, what is it? I, I feel like the people that I've had on the show that I work with, oh, excuse me. The people that I've had on the show that I work with, it's really easy for me to talk about how great they are. Cause I see all that they do for their buyers. Right? It's a really unique spot where we get to have those conversations with them and you get to see what this dude does for his buyers that his buyers probably don't ever can't articulate, can't, can't explain what it is that makes that process go. So what, what is it like to work with him? Well, so I had a thought when you were asking him earlier. Um, so his brokerage is the first team that I started visiting when I started at, it was, it was, and I've been going ever since. And I remember from the beginning, which, which is cold calling in essence, right guys? Like that's, yeah. I want to clear cause our, our role is kind of interesting where we, we work for a builder, but our, our business and our, homes. yeah, our deals yeah. are completely generated through the buyer agent community. Yeah. Right. And so it's a very interesting, like you're going cold calling. That's what you, that, yeah. That, yeah. That, yep. that's what it was. Cold knocking. Right? Yeah. That's my yeah. knocking. Yeah. But, um, so I've been going almost two years now and they have like this little paper that they give out. That's just like the highlight of what agents are doing. Every single meeting I've been to Harris is on the paper for most listings or most closings or like the residuals and yada, yada, yada. So, and he worked with someone else, Haley, before she left. And I just remember watching. So you picked up his deal mid contract. Well, we, Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Which is a very tough exchange at times. It can When be. an agent leaves, when an Edge Homes representative leaves, and now they're saying, hey, this is Keegan. He's going to be just as great as Haley was. Good. Like, I, I feel like the majority of my deals that, like, struggle are usually those that, like, you pick up kind of along the way. Like, that's a tough one to navigate through, I think, at times. I agree. And I think the the differentiator is the buyer's agent. I agree. And, like, in this case, like, the packs. They're going to be closing next week. Yeah. Right? Yeah, next week. Um. He has made that. What did transition. they build? What did they build? They built a Kate. Sweet. What community? It's hard to remember. Everything. Yeah. Brandon Park. Sweet. On a, on a, on a of an acre. Yeah. Beautiful yes. views. 
small house. I shouldn't say small house. Smaller I shouldn't have put you on the spot giant. like that. Sorry. Yeah, like, Come on, bro. You know how this is. What's like, their purchase price? What's <laughs> Daughter's name? Harris, all I'm saying is he doesn't value your clients. Hi, I'm Boone. Nice, nice to meet you. <laughs> this is a setup, Keegan. You felt <laughs> I should have studied. <laughs> no, but um, that's the thing I noticed with Harris since ever since I've known him. He's just always been a top performer. performer and... Not that I questioned, I was like, how does he do this? But there's a part of me, I was like, oh, like, what is he doing different? And hearing you say The Go-Giver, I've, I've, I've picked that up about you because, like I said, that's, that's my all-time favorite book. But it totally makes sense that he's always looking to put others' interests in front of his own. And I agree with that. If, you, if, if, you are, if you're doing that, you will always be successful. And a thought I had before coming in here was I have a lot of buyer's agents that I work with that will fight for their clients. And I think that's, that's your job. That's what you're supposed to do. The difference with Harris, and there's a, a handful that I can put into that mix as well, is he is relationship-based. So one example is on your current home, the shelving thing. Yeah. You, I have had agents and buyers blow me up about getting the wrong thing and freaking out. And it doesn't motivate me to go get it done because it's like they're cussing me out, yada, yada, yeah. yada. Harris, when he finds this out, I, I thought it was atrocious. I was like, this, this isn't fair, right? But the way he presents it to me, he goes, hey, this isn't like the end of the world. I think it would be cool if you could get this fixed. If there's anything I can do, let me know. And it's just when I see how he engages with me on his own properties, I know he goes even farther for his own clients. And it, he's not trying to rip into me and saying, you guys need to fix this. It's, hey, I don't think this is right. If we can come up with a solution, I'm willing to get creative and find that solution. And I can totally see him doing that with his buyers. And I could see them searching for homes or listing homes and saying, well, we have to have this. Okay, well, your price point is this. It's going to be tough to find that. Like, I'm going to do everything I can to get it, but let's talk about some other options because I want to find a solution for you guys. So I, I would say the things that I've noticed about Harris is he is very solution-driven, and then the bigger thing is just that element of service of if I am making sure these people are in a better situation after they leave me than when they were in before, they will either come back or they will send someone my way. And like I said, he kills it. Like you're like you got to be number one in your brokerage or at least top three, right? Yeah, we kind of rotate. It's like you guys have seen top a couple. Of, yeah, say, that's why Kenny. I, we asked Kenny just to send over the people that are moving units, right? Yeah. And that's and your name, I think, was the first one that he said. And the cool part too with that. Sorry, I'm taking up all the time. Keep right talking now. about no. me. I like. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. What else? There's got to be more. <laughs> I'll but pay you after. <laughs> the other thing too, though, is among the team or the brokerage, like. They, they are competing against each other in reality, right? Just the same way with us at yeah. Edge, we compete against each other. Yeah. But um, I've seen Harris on multiple occasions offer to help newer agents, even older agents that are, have, that are struggling, like saying, hey, come with me. I'll show you how to do this. I'll show you how to do that. Well, it's because you're taking them door knocking. <laughs> <laughs> not too many people take me up on that. That's offer, what I'm saying. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. But not even the door, anything, right? And I think the best part about it is when he's offering, he's looking for nothing in return. It's... I want to help you. Which is really rare to find in our industry, somebody that's giving with no expectation of anything in return. I think sales is one thing that's tough to find yeah. in, but then real estate on t in like in sales, it there's a lot of sharks out there. Yeah. So Where does that come from? Is that is that culture? Is that just how you were raised? Is that who you are? Um yeah, I mean the the Polynesian culture, I'm I'm so I'm Samoan, Keegan's uh, Tongan, it's just very selfless. Right, it's very selfless, and, and sometimes to the detriment of the person. Um, but you just give without thought. I, you know, I, I'm sure you can. Your, you have family stories where people just gave 
you know, the last bit of their Too food. Too much almost, right? Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, the Polynesian culture is very Christian. Um, but, yeah, it's it, that's where a lot of it comes from. I've seen, you know, a lot of examples where an uncle gave my dad a truck. My, my uncle had nothing. But he Your uncle didn't have a truck to give him. <laughs> yeah. Somehow he found a truck. Yeah. He bought my uncle. He bought Broke my dad a truck. Broke into the dealership. Yeah. Hey, brother, this for sale for me? <laughs> for Sale? Sale, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, a lot of it is just my upbringing. You know, I've, I have I have very selfless parents who are always about service. And a lot of times he just had nothing to give. Um, but they found a way to do it. I, I kind of want to change it up because I want to have something to give. Yeah. Right. I, I don't think you want it to be a, like, you want to give something that actually is meaningful. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, and maybe that's why part of the connection for you was real estate because like for you, you saw the advantage that real estate gave you yeah. early on. Right. Like right. you knew, you knew the advantages that can be there. Like that's, I, I'm sure that's woven into what you do. Yeah. 100%. And so, I mean, you know, just like Keegan, I want to put on for our people. Right. I, I feel, and it's a spiritual belief of mine. That, that it's our time as, you know, I have this belief that Polynesians are the tribe of Israel, right? One, and it's, it's my belief that it's, it's our time to, to come forth. It's our time to, to, to bless the world, to, to be giving. But we need to be in a position to give instead of always, um, you know, making ourselves broke, right? And I think that's a mind shift that a lot of our, our people um, Need to need to switch up, and, and so do you feel like you're helping with that through through educating so. on real estate? Yeah, yeah, um, he is. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And I'm yeah. trying to help you know not not only help Polynesians buy homes, I'm trying to help them keep their real estate, create so, wealth. Yeah, it, yeah. Even the strategy that you're using to get into this house, you are renting the house that you are in, mm-hmm. not selling it, not doing anything, Correct. keeping just, it just as a rental property. Right. Yeah. And I educate a lot of my clients on that, and so try to help them come up with creative solutions on how to leverage the equity without having to sell that asset. Right. And so, um, <clears throat> it's weird because I, whenever somebody co- reaches out to me to sell a house, I'll ask them, can you keep that house? Is there a way that we can pull out the equity and have you keep that? Which for right? everybody keeping score at home, Harris gets paid when people sell houses. So yeah. to talk yeah. them out of it. <laughs> and, and so weirdly, and I'll, I'll even sometimes if they're talking, if we're, you know, we're calculating nets, and I'm a, f- I'm a full service agent. I do the 6%, right? If it doesn't work for them, I'm like, you can go to Homie. Here's what Homie does. They do a flat rate. I'll show them, break it down. Don't you ever swear in this room again. <laughs> when I this do is that, a kid's show, man. When, when I do that, <laughs> I've, you know, I've always taken the listing promoting Homie, right? And so, and I, I think that just goes, that just shows like it's your interest over mine. If, if I can figure out a way to, I'll, I'll come up with that solution. Right. And so, well, um, then I think being very crystal clear on the value that you're going to generate for right. your clients mm-hmm. is where you get confidence from to do that. Right. 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 And so, um, would you say his clients cut? Cause there's a lot of people that will come in and it's like, Hey, I'm bringing these clients by. Okay. What are they like? Mm, I don't know. You can ask them. Right. Like it, that's yeah. a very, con- when Harris says, Hey, I got these people. I'm like, Oh, he's serious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other thing I was going to say too, is I don't even think Harris needs to provide that value from him to his clients. Like he's well known in the community and the clients that I have worked with or that he has brought, or we have had conversations with, they all are loyal. And we all know in real estate, it is hard to find buyers that are like, this is my guy. Yeah. Like they'll be like, well, this other agent, who's like the my, cheapest guy, who's the cheapest guy. Yeah. Right. Which is a very different loyalty pattern. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's another thing to speak to how Harris is as an agent or as I would say, just as a professional in this industry is, 
he doesn't really need to talk about himself because everybody's doing it for him. And I think that speaks volumes. I kind of wanted to bring up, uh, you know, we were, we're talking about Polynesians, how we, we were selfless. A lot of the times, because of a Polynesian connection, a, a Polynesian contractor is, 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 is very, they're more, more likely to offer me a discount just because we're Polynesian, right? I've had to change my mindset and say, I'm going to offer you more. what you're worth, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to, don't give me a discount. If you're worth what you're asking for, I will pay that full amount because I expect to be paid what I'm worth. What you're full right? I'm not, yeah, I don't offer no discounts. discount. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to add more value and you're going to see that it's, it's worth it. Um, which is a huge <laughs> mind shift, I think from it was. Yeah. So like, you know, because of my, because I'm, I'm somewhat known in the Polynesian community, not even through real estate, it's through stupid videos that I do, um, <laughs> on social media. Um, you know, people are like, Oh, you, uh, you know, you're known for you're, you're on your Samo stuff like that. Here, ha- have this for free. I, I will always say, no, I want to pay. I want to yeah. support you because I expect, you're the same way. Yeah. Exactly like way. I, like I, whenever we go out places, like rather than have a bunch of different cards, like I will, I'll just pay for everybody and mm-hmm. we'll Venmo each other at the end of it. Yeah. Pays me very first. Like before we leave the restaurant and it's usually like way too much. Yeah. And cause you're not, it, no, but I think that that's something that's really important to you as a person is that like you, you're, you don't expect a discount either. Right. I do wonder at what point. It is cultural because I don't know if you agree, but I feel like our parents mm-hmm. are not that way. Like they're giving, uh-huh. but it's like, who's going to give the best deal, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. This, I, I okay. don't know. My dad's still the same way. but <laughs> <laughs> So he'll be surprised when I, we go to do something. Like, oh, no, I'll just pay in full price. Like if it's someone I know, right. you want to support them, like you said. Right. And I, yeah, I totally Like see. a homie discount's not a real thing. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been in a, part, a bunch of different businesses, you know, selling merchandise and selling shirts. And I'm always getting hit up. Hey, if I do that, you know, can I get a discount because we're family? And for the longest time, I believe that, yeah. You were supposed to, yeah. You take care of family, but it's a different mind, sh- mind shift. Because now you're still taking, taking care of yeah. your family. Yeah. We can, we can both be happy, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody can, we can all be happy. We just got to just change the way we think a little bit. I'm going to give you everything that you're worth and more, right, if, if, if you provide that value. And so, um, yeah. And it always comes back. It'll always come back, 100%. Karma is a real thing. Oh, absolutely. Right? <coughs> and so... People so call what? it karma. I call it, you know, the gospel, whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever. Universe, yeah. you know, God, whatever. Yeah. Um, that that just about covers everything that we wanted to talk through. Like, is there, uh, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Text HM, which is my ni- m- mine and my wife's first name. My wife just became okay. licensed. Congratulations. Right? I figured nice. she's a beautiful woman. She'll probably get more business than me <laughs> just based off of her looks alone. She's but got an she's, accent too. She's got an accent. Where is she from? New, New Zealand. Zealand, you said? Yeah. She's from New Zealand. But the thing with my wife is she she knows how to work hard. She's she was carrying our whole family for eight years almost, right? You know, um, even when I I felt like I wasn't doing my part of the deal, she was carrying us. Yeah, right. She was able to get all those promotions, and so <clears throat> now she's going to become a real estate she's agent. She's going to line it up. We're gonna she's going to quit her her six figure income job working for this technology company, um, and we're diving in. Right. Good for you. So this this is uh, December. I think she's going to take another YOLO trip to to New Zealand. Um, and, and then she's going to come back and we're going to, we're going to hit it. So text HM realty to eight, five, three, seven, seven, or look me up on, on social media. We'll link all your stuff. Oh, that'd be awesome. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. Appreciate you guys. Thanks guys. Thanks for the opportunity, man. Of course.